Imagine a world where when you fuck it up, when you get it wrong, when you fall short, you actually had your own back and you comforted yourself in a way that you would hope other people would. Instead of beating the shit out of yourself to try to never mess it up again. (laughs) I know this might sound a little crazy to some of you who are used to a very mean voice in your head, but today we're going to explore how we can shut that mean voice down and calm it down a little bit so we can show up bigger in the world. Welcome to the reInvent podcast. I am your host and reinvention coach, Sari Kimball. Many of you listening are entrepreneurs, and I know that you are out there putting yourself out in the world. You are taking bigger risks, bold action to really go after creating a bigger version of yourself, to create a big business. And many of you, most of you are high achievers, high performers, get the gold stars, and perfectionists. And so what happens is that when you fall short, when you don't get the gold star, when the contract falls through, when the client says no, when people don't buy, then you beat the living shit out of yourself and you tell yourself horrible, horrible things. That mean girl voice comes up into your head and is relentless. And we think that we're doing ourselves a favor. We think that if I just say enough mean things to myself, I'll never fuck it up again. (laughs) And even just saying it out loud, you're like, wait, that's ridiculous, right? And it actually is very counterintuitive. It's actually working against you. The very thing that we think is going to motivate us to do better is actually going to start keeping you really small. Because the meaner you are to yourself, then the more you're like, well, I don't want to show up bigger. I don't want to take chances because I know how terrible it feels when I beat the crap out of myself. And so you're going to start down-regulating your actions because that sucks. It sucks to get beaten up by your own self. We say the meanest shit to ourselves. My clients say terrible things about themselves. I know because they tell me their inner voice. And I did it for years. I thought if I just motivate myself from criticism and fear, then I will finally show up and get it right. And it just doesn't work that way. And so the anecdote to this is self-compassion. And I started talking about self-compassion last week, and I wanted to come back to it and expand on it more and some of the ways that we think it's actually not going to work, but how self-compassion is the magic. <laughs> it is the, the anecdote to showing up bigger in the world and actually making your life so much better and frankly, just increasing your well-being and how you move through the world. So this one tool of practicing self-compassion, I am starting to believe is everything, especially for people wanting to go out and do big things in the world like you. 
Dr. Kristen Neff uh, is really one of the leading people studying self-compassion. She was um, studying this years ago before it kind of became more cool and mindfulness and all that stuff. And she says that self-compassion is made up of three things. It is mindfulness, it is loving kindness, and it is a sense of common humanity, that we need all three of those things for it to be considered self-compassion. And so that looks like when you mess it up, when something goes wrong, when you didn't show up the way that you wanted to. So I'll just give you a very benign example. Um, it was a while ago now, but a couple of months ago, I uh, I had a, a group call and I didn't show up <laughs> in my head. I had it on my calendar as like an hour later and people were even emailing me like, when's the call? Why aren't you here? And I was like, what are you talking about? It's at whatever time. Meanwhile, uh, everyone is on the call waiting for me. And of course, when I finally realized this, uh, I am just embarrassed. I am mortified, right? So <laughs> my own call and I'm not there, right? And everyone's there waiting for me. The usual Sari would, you know, scold me and inside, beat the crap out of me, tell me I'm such a fuck up. I can't get it right. How could you do that? Oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? Right? All of these things, just terrible berating. Instead, practicing self-compassion, we would bring mindfulness to the fact of like, oh, okay, here's where we're at. I'm in this moment right now and I've missed my own call. I did not show up. So there's that piece of it. Then there's loving kindness. So speaking to myself, how I would speak to someone else who maybe did the exact same thing. If a friend of mine, a coach friend came to me and said, oh my gosh, I missed my call. I cannot believe it. I would have much nicer things to say to her than I would to myself. I would say things like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That really sucks. And you are a great coach and you have great people in your group who are understanding and realize that you make mistakes sometimes. And so be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. It's already happened. There's nothing that can be done about it. Now what are you going to do to fix it, to see what you can do to, you know, reschedule the call or um, apologize or whatever you need to do, right? Take ownership of it. But it's actually incredibly self-indulgent to sit there in this self-loathing place instead of getting out and like just recognizing like, oh, here's what happened. Here's what I did. Some loving kindness. And then common humanity would be, and I'm not the only one. We're all human beings trying our best and we all get it wrong sometimes. We all mess it up. I'm imperfect. Other people are imperfect. And we're all a part of this greater common humanity. And just by doing that, it like lowers the threat things that are going on in our body, right? When I'm beating the crap out of myself, my whole threat response becomes activated. My fight, flight, or freeze and then I become stressed, and then I can't see the issues clearly, and I'm frankly making it all about me. It's 
incredibly selfish and self-indulgent instead of making it about, in this case, my clients, my members and saying, oh my gosh, I messed it up. I got it wrong. And now how do I go and fix it? How do I go serve them? And so self-compassion really helps me take a breath, put my hand on my heart. I gave you some self-compassion break tools last time. And I can lower the anxiety, I can lower the stress, which gives me clearer head to go and solve problems. And I can realize that like, these things happen, right? In the grand scheme of things, I've done hundreds of calls, and I've never missed one. And oh, interesting, maybe I can even laugh about it. Or I can say, well, what can I learn from it? What can I do differently so that it doesn't happen again? can be a little bit more aware of my calendar and how I schedule these and how I set up reminders and things like that. But it doesn't have to be a huge deal. This doesn't have to be, you know, a three-day crisis where I shut down and experience a ton of anxiety and frankly put a huge burden on other people, right? Let me go call my friend. Let me go call my mom. Let me go call people to try to make me feel better. I have that power within me to help me feel better. I don't need to go get it from outside. I just need to turn that voice around to being one of self-compassion instead of self-loathing and self-criticism. And I love that Dr. Kristen Neff has been able to, through uh, research, show that people who practice self-compassion are much more likely to have greater happiness, life satisfaction, motivation, better relationships, physical health, and less anxiety and depression. And she's also did a recent study that actually qualitatively proves that practicing self-compassion, actually, you will perform better than not. They did a study with um, uh, college athletes, and they took half of them and put them through what they called inner resilience training. They did not call it self-compassion because they thought it would be felt too like woo (laughs) or like too lovey, right? So they put these, half these athletes, um, train them on these inner resilient techniques, and then they went out and practice them throughout their season. And they were qualitatively, the ones who went through this training and used this were qualitatively better performing. And they rated themselves as being better as well as their coaches. So self-compassion is not soft. It is not weak. It is the best way that you're going to show up and take bigger, bolder action and really actually perform better as well as diminish anxiety, as well as feel more ease and more love in your life. And we all want more of that. So for me, I have just made a decision that I do not talk to myself that way anymore. It's just not allowed. (laughs) And you can do that with yourself. You can make a decision and say, we're not doing that. I know that you're trying to protect me. One of my clients has a little, she calls, she has a a fun name for her, right? That little part of her, that self-critical voice. So you can name it. 
You can love on her. You can say, I see you. I know you're trying to protect me. And it's just unacceptable, right? You wouldn't, if you don't smoke, you wouldn't just allow somebody in your house and just let them light up and start smoking. You'd be like, oh, no, get the fuck out of here. We don't smoke in my house. You can do that with your inner critic voice. Just because it's there doesn't mean you get to, they get to do whatever they want. (laughs) And so just shutting it down, making a decision that it's just not okay, that we don't speak to ourselves that way. We speak to ourselves with loving kindness, with more self-compassion, more common humanity, more mindfulness and take self-compassion breaks. Now, it's a practice. It still sneaks up on me, right? It's a voice, a tape that has been running in my life for, you know, 48 years now. And so it it doesn't happen overnight, but it is a decision that you can make. And then when you catch it, we don't then beat ourselves up for beating ourselves up, right? That would (laughs) not be uh, really serving the purpose here. And so we just recognize it and we can give her, give this voice a lot more love, a lot more compassion. Say, "I, I I know you're anxious. I see you. You're worried. And, and we don't talk to ourselves this way. And a visual that can be helpful is think about training a puppy, Make it a really cute puppy. For me, it would be a corgi because I'm obsessed with corgis. I would never speak to a corgi and yell, like try to train this dog the way that I speak to myself, right? And it would backfire, right? If you were training a dog, scolding it the way you scold yourself, beating up on it so much vocally, right, verbally, this dog would not actually do what you want it to do. And so can we think of ourselves as a, as this cutest little puppy? And yeah, sometimes we're going to get it wrong, right? And sometimes we need to recognize that and take ownership of it and solve the problem. But that doesn't mean that we're a bad human. doesn't mean that we are a fuck up inside. just means that we are human and Let's get out of our self-indulgence and actually go and just go fix the problem and love ourselves in the process. A friend of mine introduced me to a writer, a poet. uh, Her name is Maya. And she has this really sweet, very short little poem that says, how silly of me to forget I am the love of my own life. And we forget this all the time. You are the only one who will be with you your entire life. And so what if you started treating yourself as the love of your own life? Because you fucking are. If you would like support on how to increase your resilience, build up your self-compassion, I would love to help you as your reinvention coach. You can go to reinventioncoach.co and fill out the form there and we will get on a powerful coaching call where we can explore this inner mean voice and how to quiet her down just a little bit and be able to start showing up in the world as the fullest version of you. Until next time, have an amazing week.